Welcome to the dignity of suffering. Have you ever been brought to your knees by the challenges of life? What if you could enter the world of the therapist, be a fly on the wall, and hear their stories and insights into life's biggest challenges? Discovering a place to learn from the experiences of others who've tried to find dignity in their suffering. Each week, Mitchell Smolkin takes a candid look at the trials and tribulations of being alive. Mitchell is a registered psychotherapist, author, and speaker. He hopes to show that slowing down and becoming curious about our human experience can enrich our perspectives and plant our feet more firmly on the ground. Now, here's Mitchell.
These lyrics were taken from a letter that was written by my great-grandmother in 1941. Unusually, when she was writing to her son, my grandfather, she signed her letter Adieu in Yiddish, which uh, I have never seen done before, but these would be the last letters that she would ever write or he would ever receive from her. And we're here exploring this material in Stockholm, trying to take something from these artifacts of a lost time to understand memory, pain, loss, failure, absence. And in thinking about the podcast, which is called The Dignity of Suffering, there's an interesting translation of this material to offer it uh, a kind of renewed dignity, if you will. They are, of course, dignified on their own. They don't need anything more, but something about giving them music and life seems to connect uh, something that couldn't be uh, materialized, at least in, in the world as we know it. And I'm here with some wonderful friends from around the world. Uh, to my left is Aviva Chernik from Toronto. To my right is Masha... Dimitri. Masha Dimitri <laughs> from Switzerland. And uh, Cesar Lerner uh, from Buenos Aires on the piano and Marcelo Mogolewski also from Buenos Aires. And for today's podcast, we're just going to talk together uh, with their beautiful music in the background about what it means to live in the, in the spaces in between, uh, the spaces in between what we think we know uh, and the eruption of what we do not know. And just before we hit record, Marcelo offered that, you know, he never knows when, when the emotion is going to come but it, it always comes and there's always that tug of war in life of, of you know, one of my teachers says that, that desire is pleasure remembered so that we're always trying to, to invoke moments in our life where we feel some kind of connectedness and yet of course we can't force these moments and certainly our, our workshop for me at least has been an exercise in, in purpose and then destroying that purpose over and over again and uh, and I find that 
very difficult to do because I don't recognize myself in certain moments. And um, so uh, on that note, uh, we're just gonna talk a bit about what it means to, to fail. And if anybody has things they would like to say or offer, the opportunity is yours. This is Aviva. I was telling a story. I told the group the other day that mm. when I first met Mogi, actually, I think it was 2006. I said 2009, but I think it was maybe 2006. Mm. Anyways, the first time um, that after we'd worked together or we'd met, he came to hear me sing. And I was, uh, afterwards, I walked up to him after the performance and I said, So, you know, I was sort of waiting. <laughs> probably quite nervous and so he uh, told me to put my hand in a fist you know palm facing up and then uh, he said Avivala and then he took his hand and he unraveled my hand into an open palm and for me this is a it's an embodied teaching about the fact that we're actually not in control this is our illusion their illusion that we can control, that we can hold on to our loved ones so they don't die, that we can protect ourselves so much that we won't get ill, that all those things are gonna happen. And every day we walk through life, I think, um, trying to sort of hold on tightly, or I, I do when I'm holding tightly, that's why, so that I'll have more control. And so it won't fail, but actually it's all going to, we could say in a way, it's all going to fail in the end, um, in the most wondrous of ways. And the letting go is actually the most terrifying and pleasurable part of living. I realized I didn't give any context to the lyrics. And I also realized that I made a mistake in the lyrics just now. Uh, I wrote Zeit, which means time, but actually, she wrote Zeit, which means side. <laughs> yes. And uh, of course, it's just a mistake, but it is interesting uh, that they, they both work in some ways that from their time. Because <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the different times that exist at the same time. <laughs> and which time are you in in any given moment? And, uh, and how disturbing, how... Uh, that that moment of, uh, you know, I think about us coming together, different people, different places, different times. You flew in, you have jet lag, you're on a different time. <laughs> we're trying to have a conversation, but your body is wrestling with some other time. And I think I felt that at times where I would look you in the eyes and I'm like, oh, I know that feeling of being in another time, but trying to like, you know, or the opposite, you know, when you're too much in time and the great offering of all of you to, you, you almost need, right? I think you said earlier, Marcelo, like um, to, to actually name, to name the, the, the parts of us that, that hold us together like glue, you know, our self-consciousness, you know, the, the ways that we correct ourselves or the shame that we feel, you know, it's, everyone talks about kind of you know, I want to be rid of my shame or rid of my guilt, but it's, those are our bones, you know, to, to be able to come up against somebody and feel, feel guilt is a reflection of oneself, you know, because if you're guilty about something, there's somebody who has done something wrong. So in the guilt, there's a somebody. 
you know, uh, uh, but you, you, it's almost scarier to not feel guilty. <laughs> it's scarier to get rid of one's guilt and shame because then what is one? What is, what, what, what are you? If you have no guilt and shame, you are nothing. <laughs> and uh, I certainly appreciate uh, uh, that space and your lovely comment um, uh, about Mogi and uh, what did you call it? A, uh, a living teaching? What did you say? Embodied. An, embodied. An embodied teaching. An embodied teaching. Um, I think what I noted to you was in the sense of offering some wisdom from maybe 10 years ahead of me and, a, you know, a different life and 10 years ahead of me, he could have said, he could have used words and done it differently, but he actually took my hand. So uh, 15 years later, it actually still has an impact and I've used it with other people, mm. you know? Mm. So this way also of passing on mm. the learning is so, is so crucial. How deeply we listen and then how we share back what our impulse or our response is, it, the kind of loving we do it with and yeah, care. Yeah, it's the way we continue to exist and uh, what, what my great-grandmother wrote was, Fun unsel Zeit werden wir schreiben oft. And she was writing to her son, who had been conscripted into a, an army camp with the Red Army. And uh, she was saying that from, from, from our side, we will keep writing to you. And then she wrote in Yiddish, Adieu, Adieu, which of course, you know, was from, I think, the original uh, French and probably Latin, uh, invoking God as a goodbye. And, and I think we understand it now to be a final goodbye. And she would never see him again. And, and I love the fact that, that, as you're pointing out, Aviva, these, these moments between people, keep, they keep writing themselves over and over again in our lives. So they, it, it doesn't end, but the letters kind of keep coming from this other uh, side. This phrase, it expressed for me something unconditional, inconditional, something with, which will be unconditional all the life, but was the last letter. And after came adie, adie, and something broken, something stopped, but do you still have the inconditionality of this mother? I will be with you. I will be with you. Adie, adie. It's time, space, conditional, impermanence, permanence. It's very nice. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me, and I may have shared the story of when I was driving to my boobie's funeral. <laughs> 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 and and I was on the highway and it was very busy and I was rushing to get there and and I heard her voice and she was laughing as she said it in my head and she said why are you rushing to my funeral <laughs> she was like a, like a clown like what are you doing like slow down like it's okay you'll get there it's already I'm already dead uh, and she's been there in moments when I get to in time. It's a reminder to come out of time. And like you said, it... it uh, 
trying to be for, from the eternity. You, you try to be forever. Yes? And this is happening with the music for us. You have the, the, the believer that this will be forever. No? It, it reminds me, Masha, you've been, you took your camper up to the north of Norway and you were alone, I think, yes, in the middle of of what? Maybe you can tell people where you spent the last while and what that was like to be on your own or? Yeah, it, 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 I, I took a little bit the opportunity of this very uh, uh, worldwide moment to just take off. And, uh, and my, my, I don't know why everybody asked me, why do you go north? I said, I don't know, I just want to go north. I don't know north. And so I ended up at the very, very, very north of Norway the North Cap, and I stayed one week on that last island, which I, I, I name with M something, so Masha, M, M. <laughs> and I stayed You're in the, the maybe, maybe. So I stayed there and I just found a spot in the middle of nowhere. The road was not far, but it's the only road that goes to the North Cap. And I was there with my camper all by myself, and I saw the stars, and I saw the Aurora Borealis, and I saw, and, and uh, I, I kind of just stayed there forever just just be there and um uh, I'm, I'm, i feel like this is like unraveling some part of my life that i want to reconstruct and actually also the work we're doing it's funny because we're having something we deconstruct it we reconstruct it we find new uh, elements to it we fail we we, we get up we try again we don't judge the failure and 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 um so I, I, my path is really to not, uh, I try to not judge, to be there at the moment and, um, and uh, see where my part is in the world. And, and if I understand it right, I hope it's okay, I share this, but part of the reason this is possible is from some, a bit of inheritance, is that right? From your father. Did I understand you right or no? You said that you were able to take some time off because of oh, some money. Yes, because yeah, because financially I'm I'm also a little bit uh, relaxed. Yes. Uh, yeah, for a time, for a time. So there was some to inheritance too. Yeah. No. So uh, I, I thank my father daily. That he has my father passed away five years ago, and uh, we just recently because we took everything with a lot of time. Four siblings, so we're five, and we had to really find our way how to share the, the inheritance and, and we finally actually made it and, and got some agreement, uh, <laughs> mutual agreement, because we all wanted to do it without any fight, without any um, sure. discordance, animosity. yeah, animosity, yes. and then we actually, we managed, yeah, now. Um, and I'm asking not to bring this up from a, you know, but, but the way that, the way that, that this, this money or the loss or the death allows you then to, to go and, and take time. <laughs> and in my mind, which is my own fantasy, there's the way that this, it, it transforms, uh, the way that money energy becomes something, uh, what, it, what, it, what it becomes in your own life, uh, a very different uh, substance, if you will, or manifestation. 
I, th I think if you're at, at that point where you have an inheritance, everybody is reacting differently. Somebody is immediately calculating, okay, how shall I, how, how can I really live of it my whole life? What, what can I invest in? And I decided I want to invest in myself and to find what I need at the moment, and this might last a few months, maybe a year, maybe maybe it lasts, I don't know, who knows? But uh, anyway, it will come to a point where I have to figure out what is gonna sure. happen. <laughs> Otherwise, it, will, it would be um, if, uh, uh, like, yeah, more un unstable grounds. And now they're quite stable. reasons that we ended up together, and I think this has been reflected by each of you in your own way, um, I think that when I reached out to the two of you, to, to Cesar and Marcelo, uh, you both in your own ways said it was a bit unimaginable given the situation with the pandemic, the way that, that this had shifted our capacity to move and uh, to begin to imagine even traveling again or, you know, and what has been interesting for me in some ways living here in Sweden, as you've seen since you've been here, <laughs> is that, you know, th things remained relatively open and we were very, we were isolated in that sense, which is interesting, you know, that it sounds strange to say, oh, well, we, we could, you know, be free to go out or to go to, but, but there was, a, there was a, and I haven't actually said this out loud before because I think I felt guilty <laughs> to say something like, I, I couldn't, I felt dirty to call home and, and express what was actually going on, which in itself was its own kind of isolation. Or I would go home and people wouldn't want to touch me or like come near me because I was an alien to, to come from outer space. And I, I, I peed in my friend's backyard uh, uh, you know, they wouldn't, you weren't allowed in people's homes and it was kind of a, um, you know, I would take the plane back here and feel like I was returning back to, to this planet, um, which is just a kind of reflection that it, it, it really reinforced for me the way that our identity is really a construction. You know, it's a construction of culture and memory and relationship and experience and it is, 
you know, it, it seems so real, and yet at the, at the same time, it is absolutely a fabrication of, uh, unique to each of us. Um, but my point was that, that it feels like when I was sort of trying to bring us together, uh, I don't know until actually today if I really understood why. I, I think today when, when we created a space to get down to the blood, you know, James Hillman, uh, and I've probably said this before, but he, he called therapy the place of the disgusting or the place of the unsayable. Um, there was a great book uh, called The Ordeal of Civility, written by an American. And it traces back to the origins of psychoanalysis when they were translating S, Freud's S, into English. Uh, uh, and, and originally they wanted to call it Yid instead of Id. They wanted to call it Yid. And there are these letters going back where they said that, that of course, this would have sounded uh, anti-Semitic or, you know, but, but part of it was actually that, that Jews that were living in, in Vienna in the early 20th century felt like they had to um, rise up to a kind of Viennese society and they had to suppress or repress some baser instincts. And, and the therapeutic room became the place where they could li literally vomit, you know, like let out their, you know, and um, we're here doing this, this project and uh, I think Cesar, you, you've been uh, reflecting back to me this idea of inhabiting my, my grandfather or, or who, who is Boris or what is Boris or what, you know, and and also reflecting me back to me, which was very interesting, you know? You, what did you say? You, your wife asked you who I was, and you said, Mitch is a, Mitch is a beautiful boy. <laughs> uh, and I know I bring some of those things, a kind of, I think, Aviva, you've been saying too, that, that as we've been talking, and you're like, oh, wow, like when there's a failure in this, you just, you digest it, and you try to keep going, and you know, nobody sees me in the middle of the night questioning who, who I am, what I am, do these, do these you know, who, who, do these people care, what, you know, what, what's going on? And, and it's, it's like every day I feel like I'm re-imagining re myself. Uh, um, um, but I think that there's something about the music that we're creating and the loss that we are touching, and I think, Cesar, you said this yesterday before I went home, you said, this isn't Boris's story. This is everybody's story. And, and how, how do we survive each other's despair? <laughs> how, do we, how can we survive together this edge of... Uh, oblivion of nothingness that we we are always walking every day of our life always touching the edge of falling apart and it's it's interesting in the music to encourage uh that process of falling you know into nothingness 
Um, 